new drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can't reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At T. Fry. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casinos up in Blackhawk giving away another Tesla. It's the second time in a row. They're making this their promotion. If you don't want it, they'll give you nearly over $33,000 in cash instead. Grand prize drawings for the weekend of October 7th. Get on up there. Check out this amazing giveaway. Their daily cash drawings really lose slots. They have a sports book, great menu, Sasquatch and Wildcard, a family-owned casino that treats you like family. In the meantime, we have some breaking news. We've had to wait a while, and it looks like this is going to happen. According to the fourth period's Dave Pagnotta, appearing on TSN Radio, the New York Islanders, it is a formality, according to this report, that Nazem Kadri is going to sign a seven-year, $7 million a year contract with the Islanders. I'm pretty good at math enough to know that <laughs> seven years, $47 million, excuse me, $49 million. Apparently, uh, I was good enough on my multiplication tables, but my brain was not working as fast as my mouth. His people had asked for $9 million a year, which was absurd. Getting what? down to seven makes, makes it a little more aligned with his value. But in this case, the seven years is just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. In October, he's going to turn 32 and have fun paying him till he's about 38 or 39. Have he, fun with that. And the Islanders are heavily stocked at center. I don't know if they made any other deals today to clear room. But they, they it's going to be interesting to see how they use him, where they use him, and how he produces. And I'll be curious to see how the contract is worded. Meaning, is it $9 million the first year? Front loaded. $8 million the next year, it's pro- I would guess off the top of my head, it's going to be front loaded. I would think it would because be then too- you could get rid of him at the end of the contract. And it's less onerous because the cap's going to go up. Anyway. Would you have Would you have given Kadri this deal? No, me either. What would you have been comfortable with? I would. I would have said we're not going to go anywhere above four or five years. First I, of all, I number one, the actual money becomes almost like illusionary. The salary cap's going to go up. Yeah, it is, especially in two years. Right. And so I don't think that's just the issue as much as, as hamstringing you with the length of that contract. I think teams have to start being more careful. They think that just front-loading a contract rids it, rids it of all those potential problems, but it doesn't. You're going, at some point, it's going to affect how competitive you can be and how close to the cap you can come later. I would have been comfortable. I would have been comfortable with five years, seven and a half million. I would have been comfortable with that. I would not have wanted to have gone any higher. I would now. Have been, I would have gone maybe a little higher if he was willing to shave a year off the deal. Yeah, I would have been even uncomfortable with five years. I would too. But I would. I would use the fifth year as kind of the bargaining chip you're talking about, especially if it's front loaded and that he, he's not being paid as much. Then the cap hit still would be seven point five million dollars. So now it's going to be T.J. Comfer. Uh, we'll see what they do with Rantanen. We'll see if they want to go sign Paul Stasny. Uh, 
Is Alex Newhook a possibility? All of the all of the above. I I would say probably not Newhook. I would think it'd be Comfer or bringing in somebody like Stastny or definitely Miko Rantanen is the alternative at center. The issue there is does that become a counterproductive move because Rantanen is not as good as good at center as he is, especially playing wing on a line with Nathan McKinnon. Well, they have over four million to spend. They can easily get Stasny. Yes. Uh, I talked to somebody. Um, He's not, let's just say he's around the avalanche all the time. He doesn't, his paycheck isn't signed by the avalanche, but the guy has forgotten more about hockey than I know, and I wouldn't call him a media member. I'll just leave it at that without. I know who it is. Actually, you don't. Oh, actually, it's you're on the right track, but it's not him. With that, I asked him about Stasny, and the first words out of his mouth were, I don't know if he has the speed because he was never really a fast player to begin with. And he's certainly not as fast as he was back then. But he does have a high hockey IQ. Yes. My concern is he's the last one in the zone with the forwards that he's playing with. And when you're holding the puck as a centerman and you're the last one in the zones, that whistle will be blown for offsides every time. He's a he's an older Ryan O'Reilly with deteriorating speed and skill. He is nowhere near Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly's he's the type a, though. The same they're the same type. He's not well, no, well maybe he's, offensively. He's, he's nowhere near Ryan O'Reilly. I, right. I, I, I mean that. you're talking about offensively only. No, well, period as a player. He's nowhere near Ryan O'Reilly now. Oh, okay. I, I think Ryan O'Reilly was always a But they're player. the same type. I think they're the same type. As far as offensively? Defensively, a 200-foot player, everything. You really, you really think that Stastny was that good? Riley was a, yeah, I do. would always be a final, or was always up there for the Selkie Award. Yes. Was Stastny? Yeah, he was pretty. No, no, he was not for the, for the uh, Selkie Award. The Selkie Award is somewhat of a joke, though, because of the media voting on it. really doesn't pay any attention to the defensive aspect of the game. I, I, would, I would take O'Reilly all day. Oh, I would too. I'm not. No, I'm not no, arguing with you. I'm saying pick any I'm point in their career. The, I would take O'Reilly. I'm saying they're from the same categories. The, the check marks you would you would have on bottom of both of them to to degrees. Ryan O'Reilly's a much better player. T- well, we're going to get to the Broncos' ownership in a minute. We only have about two minutes left in this segment, but I'll ask you because you voted. I'm sure for most of the hockey awards. Some a friend of mine who is a hockey fan, but not a big hockey fan, said to me, "In hockey, they just have way too many awards." He said, when you look at other sports, they don't have all these awards. He said, why do they have all? You, you, you have your best goalie. You have your best defensive forward. You have your best defenseman. You have your best this. You have your best that. Why are there so many awards? The myth is that the myth is that the writers vote on all the awards. They don't. No, I know. The general managers vote on the goaltender award. The uh, broadcasters association vote on the coach of the year. Yes, we vote on the bulk of them. There are too many. And they're, they kind of overlap some, too. Right. So, you know, Kadri's gone. He was a great story. Um, he's getting his money. Good for him. Uh, I wouldn't, I mean, I've heard some suggest he was the heartbeat of that team. Would you no, agree with that? Because no. I wouldn't He was all. a supplementary heartbeat in that he was, he was in that secondary leadership role. Guys liked him. Guys admired him. Guys respected him, especially for some of the crap he had to put up with in the playoffs. But, no, he wasn't viewed as, quote, heartbeat or a the leader or even Close. Excuse me for saying this about your friend Adrian Dater, but you know what he's reporting? But Nathan McKinnon wants to be the highest paid player in the NHL. You, you confident in his sources? I don't know. 
I, I, you don't know about no, what? Adrian. Adrian has good sources. Yes, I don't know. I don't know if Nate. I'm going to sit here and say I know no. sometimes I don't know if yeah. Nathan McKinnon is asking to be the highest paid. Well, that's what Adrian's reporting. And I also don't know if, he, if that becomes semantics too. Is is Nathan McKinnon's agent telling the Avalanche that after a seven year, really reasonable six point three million dollar a year contract? And are they saying the the way you could couch that in my mind and make it be justifiable? He took a hit for the team for seven. He sure years. did. At least for at least five of those seven years, he was grossly underpaid. And so if you're if you're a competent agent, you would at least go in and say, hey, he took a hit for the team. He didn't gripe. He wanted to win. He talked about that. He could have really rocked the boat, and he didn't do it. Of course, in the NHL, you cannot renegotiate contracts right. because of the terms of the cap. You're locked into that. So any speculation about guys like Eric Johnson taking a pay cut is just a stupid because you can't do it. All right, coming up after the break, we're going to talk to Cody Rourke, our Broncos insider, writes from milehighsports.com. And by the way, he's going to be taking over this time slot with Anilo Piro in Afternoon Drive starting on next week. I'll be moving with Bruce Hurdle to the morning, 7 to 9. He, of course, from Fox 31. It did not work with your schedule, Terry, unfortunately, I am to make a, the move to morning. I'm an professor and can't, can't do it in Listen, you... Why is, it always, why is it always about the kids and never about me? I don't even want to talk to you anymore. Unless we just talk about sports for the rest of I'll the I'll miss you, you big love. Stop that, you big baby. So, Cody Work joins us next then in the following segment, in the final segment, or one of the final segments, we'll talk about Broncos ownership. And remember when John Elway said Bronco Land? Well, we have a new winner at the top of the list for greatest oopses. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman and Fry. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmeurosport.com. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I'm going to bring in Cody Rourke, our Broncos insider. You can catch all of his work on milehighsports.com. And as I mentioned, going into the break, Cody and Anilo Piro are going to be taking over this time slot starting on Monday. It'll be afternoon drive with Piro and Rourke. I will be moving to the mornings. Terry cannot make it to the mornings because he teaches over at Metro. So it's going to be morning drive with Goodman and Bruce Hurdle, who is the, you could probably call him the sports director over at Fox 31. He's certainly one of their main anchors. I'm excited to do the show with Bruce in the mornings, disappointed that Terry's going to be leaving. But, Cody, this is going to be your territory starting on Monday. You have done a lot of podcasting stuff. You have a lot of radio experience. How excited are you to be adding something to what you're already doing at Mile High Sports? 
No, super excited for, uh, you know, the opportunity to do so, and, you know, especially capitalizing on the time where people are heading home and they maybe want to know what's going on in the world of sports that day or at the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are going to be a heavy, heavy topic through the first part of the season. But, you know, looking forward to uh, having that show there with Anilo and uh, being able to interact with the audience that, you know, that we've gotten there and uh, really excited for the opportunity. You're also going to be very lucky to work with Anilo, and I'm very proud of him. He was one of my students at MSU Denver. Is, is just an up-and-coming, young, great talent, and I wish him the best, too. And I hope you can bring out the best in him. Absolutely. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Anilo is, is really great. I think he's going to do a really good job. He's going to make things easier for me, which is always a great thing. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I think it'll be really fun, especially, you know, here in uh, Denver, giving people something a little different, you know, some more informative X's and O's stuff, but also, you know, what's really going on with the team. Well, it's a good thing you're doing afternoon drive because you sure as hell don't get that stuff with me. <laughs> I mean, I've only been doing afternoon drive for 10 years, but thank God. No, actually, in all seriousness, you can go much deeper into the X's and O's than I can. And I'll be the first one to say that. But I'll tell you what, what a small world it is with you working with Anilo. So Terry taught Anilo, but Anilo, before he went to Metro, was interning with me and Les on our show when he was in high school. Is this like a coaching oh, tree? Wow. Isn't that crazy? So Anila, when he was in high school, at Holy in, interned with me and Les, and then he went to work with Terry. And the suggestion and the advice I've always given Anilo is this. Whatever you learned in school from Terry, <laughs> do exactly what he taught you as long as it's the opposite, and you'll be just fine. And so far, he's made quite a career for himself on that one piece of advice that I have given him. I love it. You, lo you love to be able to see the, the coachability in that there. And right. CAP's doing a really good job there. Let's, yeah, uh, let, let, let's talk about the Broncos training camp today, day 12. Hamler not on the field. Uh, Sutton battling a little bit of a shoulder, according to Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, Ronald Darby got banged up with a bruised chest. Uh, Darby and Sutton got pretty much banged up on the same play. I'm guessing there's no real concern with those two guys. And for Hamler, listen, he's coming off a torn ACL, and you really don't want to work him day after day after day. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, no spot on there. And, and I agree. I think that with uh, with Cortland Sutton and Ronald Darby, the Broncos just taking a precautionary approach at this point. Nathaniel Hackett made it seem like it wasn't something that is – uh, to be concerned about, you know, Ronald Darby dealing with a little bit of a chest contusion and uh, Cortland Sutton dealing with a little bit of a shoulder uh, ailment right there. And obviously they're, they're participating in a lot of active recovery stuff. So I imagine they'll both be day-to-day -day at this point. So something to worry that you know, keeping an eye on there. But then outside of that, going to, uh, you know, your other point that you were just making, you look at K.J. Hamler, don't be surprised, even in season, if he plays in a game on Sunday – doesn't participate for one of the days in practice, limited one of the other days, and then is a full go on that final day. The Broncos just want to try to keep him as fresh as possible, and they're going to continue to see how he's doing and how his knee's feeling because there is a process coming back from the ACL, as we've seen with several athletes. I mean, even last year, I say with Cortland Sutton, you could tell at times that he's still trying to find his footing underneath him after coming back from that ACL last year. There's a little bit of a mental hurdle that you have to come back from after you do it. And sometimes you think about planting your feet too wide, not taking too many choppy steps. Those are things you think about when you're trying to return from an injury like that. So the Broncos just really taking the, the cautious approach here with K.J. Hamler, which in my opinion is the right thing to do. As expected, we all knew it was going to happen. Uh, the ownership change was approved unanimously in Bloomington today. Did anything come out of that, out of that, uh, those proceedings that surprised you? <laughs> 
Uh, you, nothing really at this point. I expected it to pass, but apparently it passed unanimously, 32, 32 votes to nothing, and there was a lot of cheering, uh, apparently, through the, the corridors. A lot of the reporters could hear cheering and, and the applause that was going on, so all good signs for the Walton Penner group. Now, I think the question is, is there will be a press conference tomorrow at 1 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time in the team auditorium, which I'll be there um, you know, a lot of the questions are, you know, what are some of the short and long-term goals of the the Penner Walton, uh, the Walton Penner group at this point, when it comes to the football side of things? You know, they mentioned that they want to be heavily involved in the community. They want the Broncos to obviously be a winning franchise, uh, but they they really emphasize the community aspect. So I wonder what type of resources they can implement here in Denver uh, that can benefit, I think, the people living here. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. Maybe even being able to get to hear a little bit about what their vision is for this football team, for this franchise, not just football team, but even the business operation side of things. We are talking with Cody Work, our Broncos insider. You can catch his work on MyLifeSports.com starting on Monday, afternoon drive. Going to be a new show. I'm moving to mornings with Fox 31's Bruce Hurdle from 7 to 9. It's going to be Cody and Anilo Piro, an afternoon drive from 4 to 6, Monday through Friday, every single day of the week. So you'll get the best Broncos insight for sure in afternoon drive in town. Um, Greg Dulcich, as a rookie, as a rookie, you want to be on the field, obviously, as much as possible. You can say that about any player. But does this injury that he's, that he's having seem to be lingering? I'm not going to question the guy's, you know, toughness. But help me out here, Cody. Help me out with what I'm probably thinking. Yeah, and I think for him right now, he is dealing with a little bit of that soft tissue uh, flare-up. I mean, that, that's the vibe from it, because we saw him at practice at the beginning of the week. We didn't see him out there today. You know, he was he was limited, I believe it was in yesterday's practice, uh, was doing the stuff on the side, but we did not see him at practice today, and, and Hack said those things are tricky, hamstrings are very tricky. So part of me, I'm wondering at this point, they might be doing more extensive treatment on it to try to help facilitate the healing process, but one false movement, especially when you're a guy that size and, you know, you have some of the fast twitch muscle fibers that you do, if that is something that's ailing you, you have to give it time to rest and time to recover because if you don't, it's going to happen again. But it's one of those tricky ones where even if you give it rest, one move can set you back another couple of weeks, which is a very, very fine line that they're going to have to play uh, before the regular season. You know, I'm definitely a little concerned about it, but luckily guys like Albert Okuwebunam and even Eric Sauber and Eric Thompson have been stepping up. Is there uh, any feeling of pressure on Dulcich to get back on the field? And, you know, guys raise eyebrows about injuries such as hamstrings without really knowing the specifics of how it's affecting each individual. Do you sense any of those raised eyebrows with him? Uh, not necessarily. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say yet. I, I don't think the Broncos are at that point where they're raising their eyebrows. There. Um, I just think it's something. So he suffered it initially back in OTA's rookie minicamp, and then all of a sudden, you know, it flares back up again after he was out here doing work on the field last week, and he looked pretty good when he was on the field. So. It's tough to say, but if this is something, let's say, you know, he goes through, he, he recovers, we don't see him in the preseason, let's say we see him in the regular season. If there's a flare-up in the regular season, then, you know, I'll probably raise my eyebrows a little bit, be a little concerned, say, hey, what's going on with that muscle right there? Is there, you know, is there something that needs to be repaired? You know, hopefully that's not the case, but uh, hopefully it's just something they're just taking their time with and they're thinking to themselves they don't necessarily have to rush him back right away. Looking at the offensive line today, it felt like, 
the defensive front just mauled those guys. And every time the ball was snapped, it seemed like Russell Wilson had very little time to throw. And I'm standing next to media guys, as are you, and the common theme was, well, was that a sack? Was that a sack? Was that a sack? Smell what I'm stepping in? Was that a sack? No, it, <laughs> that's exactly what you know. a lot of those situations were today. I and mean, we had several of those on the side field as we were watching the team period. And, you know, you have to wonder, like, you don't want Russ to take any, like, in, in a real game, Russ is going to take some heavy shots in some of the situations we saw today. You don't want him to do that. And so we saw him rolling out, throwing on the run a little bit. You know, obviously you want him to be able to have a presence in the pocket. But, you know, hey, hats off to the Broncos defense. I thought those guys, Deshaun Williams, I thought Mike Purcell, Draymond Jones, who's been no surprise there, Marquis Spencer, the seventh rounder from last year, those guys were just constantly finding ways to get in the backfield to create pressure and to create some run-throughs. Uh, you know, sometimes I always wonder this, too, you know, because, Eric, even at practice, you know, the training camps that, you know, we've been to, sometimes it looks like the O-line's giving up a lot of pressure, and you, we always wonder, is that a sack? You know, what is that going to look like in the regular season? And then the offensive line tends to do a little bit better in live-fire action. I'm hoping that's the case. But it seems like the Broncos defense took the advantage today to execute some of the stunts that they've been installing, and they gave the Broncos O-line some fits here today. Well, in the long run, are you are you comfortable with Miners and Anderson on the on the right side? I think that's something that's going to have to take some time to to formulate a little bit. They're you know they've said that they're working on developing chemistry a little bit, but. Uh, right now, that's the only options that they have. They don't really have anything else right now. Billy Turner is unable to participate in practice and hasn't gotten any reps inside this offensive system with Russell Wilson, with any of these guys. And I think the only way you can look at right guard, I mean, we were thinking about Natani Muti being in the mix, not practicing. He's got a knee injury. We didn't see him out there today. Do they maybe move Graham Glasgow back there and maybe give a little bit more competition there to Quinn Myers with Muti's injury? You know, Graham, I think when healthy, he's always been a solid starter. Unfortunately, the last couple of years, he's been dealing with some injuries, and that's really been his biggest hiccup so far. So I'd say that right side right now, you know, a little bit of question, but I would say even across the O-line. I saw plays with Dalton Reisner. There were guys crossing his face and getting in the backfield as well consistently here today. So, uh, you know, for the offensive line, the big test, preseason game number one, are, you know, are the starters going to play? If so, that's something I'm watching, especially against Randy Gregory and those guys there, Dan Quinn probably going to be aggressive in nature as he always is. So that is definitely something worth monitoring as we get closer to the season. All right, one more thing before we cut you loose. There are going to be a lot of people at that press conference tomorrow. I believe you said it's going to be at 1 o'clock. I don't know if you've got a chance to ask a question, but if you do have a chance to ask a question, what would you ask and who would you ask it to if you have Penner, Walton, Hobson, and Condoleezza Rice there? Mm, that's a great. That's a great question. Honestly, thinking about it, I'd probably ask uh, Penner because I believe he's going to be the anticipated presence in the day to day at the team facility. Uh, so I would, you know, the first thing I would ask him. I'm sure some other people are going to ask about the stadium. They're going to ask about jer- you know, changing the jerseys, things like that. That stuff is not important to me right now at this point. But like for me, it would be from a football aspect and the business aspect. What are some of your immediate short-term goals that you hope to accomplish by the time the season begins in your position? I think that's something I'm looking forward to asking. I think if I have a question to ask, I'm going to ask uh, the big guy. I'm going to ask Rob Walton. Do you think you will have one day in Denver that at all of the Walmart locations, authentic <laughs> Broncos jerseys will be on sale at half price? 
for one day. Imagine that'd be great. That would be fantastic. (laughs) And then they'll throw on a kid's bike or something. Spend three hundred dollars on on an authentic NFL jersey anymore. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, we will see you tomorrow at uh, training camp and at the press conference. And again, congratulations on the new show, Afternoon Drive. Who who gets the top billing? Is it is it Piro and Rourke or Rourke and Billing or uh, Piro? I think it's Piero and Rourke, so you know what? We're going to roll with AP. The guy's been doing the radio thing a little bit longer than me, and I'm just going to follow his lead. I can't believe you caved that fast. All right, we'll see you tomorrow, my friend. (laughs) See you, my friend. All right, coming up after the break, we are going to talk about Broncos ownership. You are going to hear from all of the new owners, talking about Greg Penner. You're going to hear from his wife as well, Carrie Penner, and, of course, the big guy, Rob Walton. Their press conference is tomorrow. You're going to hear from them today about what their plans are for the Broncos on the field and off the field. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can't reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at SDHMazda.com. Late this morning, the NFL owners voted unanimously that the Walton Penner Group will now be the owners of the Denver Broncos. There was a press conference today featuring Rob Walton, his daughter Carrie Penner, and her husband Greg Penner. This is how the press conference started when Commissioner Roger Goodell introduced Rob Walton. I'd like to thank Roger uh, Goodell, uh, Commissioner Goodell. I- I'm sorry, but that that just will never get old. That was mean. I didn't say it. I was going to ask Cody Rourke how you pronounced the commissioner's name. But then that would have come off as a cheap shot. I mean, I, I th- honestly, you are not doing your job in the media if you don't play that bite. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to belabor and go on and on and on. Yes, you are. But uh, listen, at the end of the day, when John Elway said Bronco Land, uh, that got a lot of run, and that thing still has legs. In the meantime, uh, the three of them, Walton, Kerry Penner, and Greg Penner, they spoke for about 10 minutes. Now, we could have cut up a bunch of bites. But I want to give mad props to the Broncos video department. They put together a nice two-minute package uh, interviewing Rob Walton, Kerry Penner, and Greg Penner on what their vision is for the Broncos on and off the field. Well, for our family, Denver Broncos is the one franchise that we would choose to own if we had everything to choose from. Broncos have a terrific history of championships, great leadership, Super Bowl wins. We just couldn't be happier to be joining such a terrific organization. 
the goal for the ownership group is to win games, of course, win a Super Bowl. But we want this team to play its proper role in the community, too. Making the Broncos the place for fans to be proud of, for folks that work here to be proud of, and for players to want to be a part of. Bringing this group of people together, diverse experience, fantastic leadership across a lot of different industries. We have Melody Hobson, who is an amazing leader and businesswoman. Condoleezza Rice, who has just been an incredible civic leader, both internationally and nationally. And then we have Sir Lewis Hamilton, who is an excellent athlete, but also a great leader. It's an incredible legacy that we're inheriting through the Denver Broncos, and we look forward to continuing that in the community to do this with my dad and Greg and myself. Our primary goal is to go out and win, but we also want to make sure that we do everything we can to make sure the Denver Broncos are the best team to play for, to cheer for, and to work for. It's huge. I mean, we wouldn't have done this if we didn't want to compete and we weren't ready to put the resources behind this to win. And that's, that's what we're focused on. We want to run a quality franchise. We want a successful business here. We want the right culture. And at the end of the day, though, we want to win championships. I thought the most interesting thing that came out of the... That was a great job, by the way. It was, it was a adept use of a limited time and really touching all the bases and emphasizing the points they wanted to emphasize. I also thought it was interesting that that Walton at the news conference said the Broncos are one sports franchise that we would have considered buying. Pan, he said Greg Panner actually started conversations some 10 years ago, and then the team finally announced it was for sale in February, and, and we got in the middle first thing. I would like to see some enterprising reporter tomorrow try to flesh out exactly what happened 10 years ago and whether there was always an implicit understanding that if the team went on the market, they would be first in line. You know, maybe I'll be that guy to ask it. Would that be all right with yeah. you if I ask that question if you're not there? Now, you know there are mass news conference situations where they're at the microphone, they're at a podium, and there are certain questions that are almost, that are that are not out of bounds, but just awkward answer, ask there. So he said 10 years ago that they were interested in buying the team. Yeah, that they, they at least started conversations, quote, unquote. Okay. They're not really specific about who those conversations were with. I think we can presume. But well, that, I, you know, that's the timing of Pat Boland's deterioration, which many of us thought was about 2009. Now, if I don't ask that question, I have another question for okay. myself. Will you appease me Yes. Uh, to possibly ask this question? So I'm looking on the uh, Walmart.com website for their uh, Broncos jerseys, and they have some real good ones. Um, you, you can get a John Elway signed replica jersey for $600. That seems pretty reasonable. Uh, you can also get, oh, gee, I don't know, a Jerry Judy jersey, a youth one, a replica. That's for twenty four ninety seven. I was You can obviously get a, a, you know, Justin Simmons one. But here's some that, that kind of stick out to me that, I'm, that I don't understand. And this is really, this would really be the focus of the question. Rob, do you really think that you have a chance to sell a Kenny Young game <laughs> jersey he was with the team for one season last year, and it's for $129.99. But that's not the most puzzling jersey on the website. The one I think that really sticks out to me is um, the women's Nike Rico Gafford orange Denver Broncos game jersey. He spent last year on the practice squad, but that you can buy at Walmart.com, and it's only 
$129.99. How about Paxton Lynch? No, that's not on here. There is also a uh, men's uh, Jacob Babenmoyer jersey that you can buy. And I didn't realize that these were hot sellers. So I would say to Rob, have you thought about putting on, I don't know, Pat Sertan mm-hmm. instead of Ronald Darby, who does have a jersey for sale? You really th- is 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 there really a hot market that I am not aware of for Jacob Babenmoyer? You're also probably going to taunt him by asking him how you say the Bronco tight end's last name, Elko Abenam. No, I, I said I said Bob and Moyer. Bob and Moyer. No, I'm teasing. Right now, there is a Saubert jersey if you want to buy it. Uh, it's a women's Nike Eric Saubert orange Denver Broncos game jersey, number eighty-two. He's caught some passes from Russell Wilson. I can see wanting to buy that, but Kenny Young that puzzles me. A little bit. I mean, who is in charge of their marketing department? Actually, who is their buyer? That's what I, I would I would say, Rob, who's your buyer? Because what makes you think that there is going to be a run on jerseys, I don't know, for Kenny Young? The guy played one season with the team. You think we'll be able to get off if I, if I come to the press conference? Do you think after the main press conference, there'll be one-on-one scrum type things? There probably will be. Small groups. There probably will be. Well, I would ask Condoleezza Rice about about going to high school and college here and being a Broncos fan growing up and what it's like to work for George W. Bush. By the way, a Brent Jones jersey is available, number 65, back in the day. And so is Kyle Fuller, because what an impact he had on the Broncos as uh, Vic Fangio's personal pickup. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? Well, you guys talked about if uh, the NBA had a World versus USA game. We'll talk a little bit about an under-25 split up into conferences. Uh, and also a big premiere tonight. If you're interested in what goes on at NFL training camp, how interested are you guys in what's going on uh, with a certain NFC North team? We'll talk about that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed. At T Fry. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Before we get to just in case you missed it, I wanted to give a quick thank you and a shout out to uh, Terry's wife, Helen, who made us some delicious Italian beef sandwiches, which Terry brought into the station today. Absolutely phenomenal. So thank you very much, Terry and Helen. But that wasn't you throwing up in the back. No. Okay. Must have been somebody from a different office. I saw hair 
scraping nope. along somebody's sides as they were on their knees, making a loud noise that didn't sound pleasant. No, they were delicious. Okay. And uh, even so, I have an ironclad stomach, so it wouldn't have been an issue. No, Helen's great at this, and they were wonderful. Uh, just I'm in case- taking one home. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Because I had a full lunch. If I knew you were coming in, I would not have brought lunch. Please give me a heads up. Okay. Just in case you missed it, ESPN. Uh, not ESPN. Sorry, I'm reading the wrong one. Stat Muse posed the question on Twitter yesterday. Who is winning this 25 and under series in the NBA? They've got a Western Conference team of Ja Morant, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Brandon Ingram, and DeAndre Ayton. And in the East, they've got Trey Young, LaMelo Ball, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Bam Adebayo. Who wins the series between those 25 and under stars? I haven't broken it down by position or the deep, how deep the roster is. There, there would obviously have to be some additional names. But initially, I would take, I would take the West with Morant, Booker, Doncic, etc. I would take, I would take the team that has Doncic. That's the West, right? I would take the team that has Doncic. He's the best of all. I think he's got multiple MVPs in his future. I would imagine he does. Just in case you missed it, Hard Knocks 2022 with the Detroit Lions premieres tonight on HBO. Where is your interest level in Hard Knocks with Dan Campbell and company? I'm not sure. I'd probably tune in and see if it's anything other than simply replaying everything we've seen in other years. Whether Jared Goff can be entertaining and witty and everything else involved in this. I I don't have the answer to that yet. If uh, MasterChef Back to Win is on tonight, my daughter and I will be watching that. If not, you know, I'll be watching something else other than. Do you have more than one TV in the household? We do. I like to, but me, uh, me and I have our shows, mm-hmm. and we usually have dinner, sit, have dinner outside, chat for a while. Uh, no, that will not be appointment viewing, because honestly, there's really nobody on that team that I'm really interested in keeping an eye on. But sometimes that can be the that can be the most compelling story. I think you have to give it a chance, and then if it's apparent, it's just going to be. It's just going to be repetitive of past shows, and I turn you know what you're telling me, Terry. Quickly, you know what you're telling me. You're telling me that Helen, who's a big sports fan, will have it, and you're going to be stuck watching. It. No, that's not what I'm saying. She may be watching it, but I, I don't. I will never feel forced to watch the same. Thing. If there were some compelling, I, I think Dan Campbell's compelling, but I don't know if any of those players are compelling for me to say I got to watch that as appointment view. They usually give some shine to a couple guys since it's during training camp right. that won't make the 53-man roster. Right. So some guys get a little bit more attention yep. that might not have otherwise. So it's cool to see some of those more unsung my, my other NFL objection, players. My other objection to Hard Knocks has been in the years when you could tell they knew they were being filmed. And you could tell they were act, kind of like actors on the stage. You know, Yeah, you know, some guys definitely play it up a little bit. You know what would be a reason to watch? To see if Jared Goff has gotten any smarter. Because the last time he was on, when he was with the Rams, he came off like a dingbat. We'll That's interesting. I'll be watching for that tonight yep. when I check it out. Yep. I will. Just in case you missed it, ESPN released post-MLB trade deadline farm system rankings. Ooh. The Rockies were ranked 23rd preseason, now ranked 16th. Ooh. So a big jump for the Colorado Rockies. Uh, the top five, the Orioles, Guardians, Rays, Pirates, and Mets. The Mets were the biggest mover out of those top five teams. A lot of them were already top five or top ten. Uh, does it give you any hope that the Colorado's, the Colorado Rockies farm system took a big leap in the first two-thirds of the MLB season? Absolutely. I think there's going to be hope as we watch from the party deck. 
at, at the risk of sounding completely cynical, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. One reason probably is because the guys that they have as their top prospects, and I'm not kidding when I say this, who are in low A ball have moved to high A ball. That's probably And maybe they've gotten a little bit better. It's a keen but, observation. But they're still probably two or three years away from cracking the major league run. Just in case you missed it, the New York Yankees snapped a season-high five-game losing streak after Aaron Boone called a team meeting at Seattle's T-Mobile Park. We talked about players-only meetings a lot on this show. What are uh, some of the differences between a players-only meeting when the players themselves decide that it's necessary or Aaron Boone, the manager or the coach, calling that meeting uh, during a losing streak? I put much more credibility in the players-only meeting because that's an extraordinary situation of... of, uh, a perception that they really need to do something, and uh, when the manager's involved, that just that's just part of the job. That's what managing is. I'm just kind of hoping that that team meeting with Boone was something like what we saw in Bull Durham, where he gathered all the players in the shower, and then he took a garbage can and he threw it in the shower and he started yelling, "Yelling gag around the base." I was hoping the meeting would be like. Vincent Gardinia did a similar scene and banged the drum slowly when he was talking about a fly buzzing around the room. Yeah. If it was that type of team meeting, I would have loved to have seen that somewhere on YouTube. Uh, with that, that was Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. Argonaut always has great specials if you love wine. Bubbles and Box Wine Sale is now 15% off. Argonaut delivers in all deliveries. Over 100 bucks are free. They deliver to the entire Denver metro area. Stop by Argonaut today off of Colfax or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com and see why Westward is named Argonaut, the best liquor store in Denver, five years running. Tomorrow, we are expecting a press conference with the Broncos' new owner. You will hear all of that on Afternoon Drive for sure. Uh, Nolan, great job today. Same with you, Danny. And a special shout-out to Logan, who before Danny took over as our producer, it was Logan who is now back. And I am absolutely speechless because when he left, I I remember that party and we were having a great time saying, finally he left. But it's great to have you back. Great to have you back. Seriously. Thank God we won't be working on the show together. You'll be in afternoons, I'll be in morning. Make it the best possible night you can. Because you're standing still.